You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 105. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today we are going to be talking about a very important topic that is going to influence your future relevance. We're covering why curve benders are critical to your future relevance and success in the field of project management and PMOs. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Tempest Resource. Tempest Resource gives PMOs actionable intelligence, cutting-edge analytics, and real-time scenario analysis, all while minimizing the overhead of managing a resource portfolio. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 074. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 074. Check out their demo and learn a little bit more about how they can help you make a bigger impact. Okay, I am so excited to dive into this. Let me tell you a little bit about what we're covering today. In the future of how project management professionals will work, live, play, and give, continued disruption will challenge many of your assumptions. The biggest one is how you will remain relevant. I have with me today, Senior Leadership Advisor, Executive Coach, and Educator, David Knorr, who believes that in the post-pandemic world, project management professionals must embrace three critical ideas to accelerate their relevance. And we're going to dive into all of that today. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about our special guest for today. David is a senior leadership board advisor, educator, executive coach, and best-selling author. David Knorr is internationally recognized as the leading expert on applications of strategic relationships in profitable growth, sustained innovation, and lasting change. And that's what it's all about for all of us impact drivers. He is the author of 11 books, including bestsellers, Relationship Economics and Co-Create, as well as the newly released book we're going to be talking about today, Curve Benders. And he has served as a trusted advisor to global clients and coaches and corporate leaders around the world. And he is a featured speaker doing a really important workshop for us at the PMO Impact Summit this year. So we're going to give you a little bit of a taste of what's to come, why it's so important, and tell you exactly how you can get involved and learn more about all of David's great work and how he's going to be sharing with us at this workshop at the summit. So David, with all of that said, thank you so much for being here with us today. Laura, it is great to be with you. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm so excited to dive in because I have to tell of you impact drivers listening when David first explained this concept to me of these curve benders, a light bulb went off. I immediately understood one of the secrets to my success when I was inside organizations and still today, the kind of progress that I've made in my career, the successes I've had have been because of these really unique 
roles, these curve benders in my career. So I just beg David, please come on and share all of this with this community, because I think it's going to be a game changer for so many folks that are listening today. So David, thank you again for being here. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to share about the audience? A little bit of background, more background about you and how you got into all of this? Yeah, sure. So thank you for your kindness. Thanks for having me. I am, I'm elated that this is year, Laura, crazy to believe 19 of my practice. And I've spent Mm, the last 20 years really being a student of business relationships and trying to understand why some of them work better than others. Why do we nurture and get value from some of them more than others? How do we screw some of them up, right? How do we fix them? How do some people accelerate that journey up their career? And more recently, not just a career ladder, but also a career lattice. And Mm. then what keeps some people back? And really what I want to share are really the insights from the last 20 years of researching and interviewing and talking about these topics. And as you were kind enough to mention, Curvebender's book number 11. So I'm excited about jumping into this topic with you. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. So we have talked about it enough. I want to dive in and I want people to understand this whole concept of Curvebender's because it was just so mind-blowing to me when I realized, oh, this makes so much sense now. And I think that you're hitting the nail on the head with some people that are listening might be saying, I'm doing all the right things, but I must be missing something. And sometimes that something isn't something we need to do personally with a skill set as much as it is in cultivating these relationships. So talk to me about this idea of curb benders and where that came from. You're exactly right. So let me set the stage for your audience. I'm a big believer that beyond your educational foundation, right? You went and got an undergrad. I went and got an undergrad. Some people have got got graduate degrees and when I got a PMP certification, all that education is fantastic and it's a foundation. Beyond that, you build professional pedigree. That's our experience. That's our knowledge. That's our business acumen and all the experiences and the projects we worked on over the years. Above and beyond those, I believe your biggest asset is actually your portfolio of relationships. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you embrace the idea that you need to be more intentional, more strategic, and more quantifiable in the relationships you choose to invest in, I believe the sooner you're going to accelerate your path to a greater realm of responsibilities, bigger job, more money, all the things you aspire to get to. Because most project management professionals, and I'm painting with a very broad brush here, most of them that I meet fundamentally keep thinking about what should I do and how should I do it? Right. And that is fantastic. Right. The piece of the puzzle you may be missing or overlooking is who do I need? There are no new challenges. There are no new problems. The only new challenges are the ones you haven't thought of. So if we ask more who questions, and and I've had a chance to meet Jim Collins, and I'm a big fan of his work, and he talks a lot about this as well, asking more who questions. Now, I build on that. Mm -hmm. Who do you need? Who do you know? How do we connect the dots with a unique value add? So A, like any other asset, Start by thinking, this is as much about mindset as anything else, mm-hmm. that your relationships are a huge asset. And like any other asset, you wouldn't neglect your home. Right. You wouldn't neglect your car. You wouldn't neglect your 401k. Right. And yet I'm amazed of how many people kind of neglect their relationships. So 
really easy way with that as the background, really yeah. easy way to understand this idea of curve benders. I want you to think of a stair step. Mm-hmm. First step is contacts. You and I meet contacts. We meet people online, offline, pre-pandemic. We'd meet them at conferences and events and coffee and lunch and right. Those right. are contacts. As you invest in those relationships and get to know them, give them a chance to get to know you, maybe work together, I would submit they become relationships. And particularly if it's mutual value, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, and by the way, in the Matrix movie vernacular, I don't have a blue or red pill, right? I can't right. do this you know, overnight. <laughs> this doesn't happen overnight. Oh, Over- can you make it easy? <laughs> right? Over time, those relationships really create a bigger impact in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we'll do the same for them. So think of someone that you work with on multiple projects mm-hmm. or in multiple jobs or across multiple divisions, but you realize that they're a, they're a more impactful relationship in your life. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm still talking about business relationships, right? right? And I call those strategic relationships. Right. So beyond your personal one or beyond maybe functional people you work with, certain relationships really elevate to kind of top of that list, if you will. Mm-hmm. Again, over time, and I wrote about this, some of those relationships you'll co-create this enormous amount of success, this enormous amount of impact. This You'll look back and say, there's no way I could have done that project or that initiative or I could have led that without Susan or mm-hmm. without Beth. Mm-hmm. So now you both have brought something really valuable to that project, to that initiative. Mm-hmm. The next stair step is exactly what you alluded to, which is look back on your career 10, 20 plus years and beyond any one project or any one season in your life, who's had a profound impact on you? Mm -hmm. Who's shaped the manager, the leader that you've become and those relationships that leave, Laura, an indelible imprint Mm -hmm. on shaping who we become those are the relationships that I call curve vendors. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I have to share with this audience a couple of examples of this because I have immediate people that come to mind when you talk about that. And, you know, one of them may be a more obvious source. One definitely wasn't. So for, so one that was really quick and easy in an organization I worked in, there was only one woman kind of at the top of the food chain in that top C-suite of executives. And as a woman of a female professional that was growing in my career quickly, I worked in an organization where I felt like women just really weren't treated as equally. And she was being called all kinds of names for doing the same things or less than the male, the men around her. And she kind of took me under her wing and I said, Hey, would would you be willing to, you know, um, spend some time with me and just let me talk to you and understand what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I just wanted to learn from her because to me, she was a hero to me, right? Because she, regardless of how she was being treated, stood up and did what she was going to do and do the right things and just really persevered. And she took me under her wing and she said to me, um, I asked her, I said, how do you deal with the fact that there's often women in our organization that are holding us back? It's not even as much the men, it is the women. She said, remember it, remember how it feels. And for the rest of your professional career and even your personal life, remember that when you go up that ladder, when you go up that professional ladder, reach behind you and bring other women along. And I remember exactly where we were sitting, exactly what, what you know, the what we were eating, what she when she said it, it stuck with me so hard and has shaped how I 
have helped support other women in our profession for years because of that. It changed who I was, how aware I was of it, and how I was not going to be a victim of my circumstance, but I was going to change the playing field altogether. I love that story. So let's take that story for a quick second. Sure. It didn't help you with an immediate project. It no, wasn't a It wasn't specific. Yeah. Right. It shaped the the, it shaped floor, the leader yeah. that you've become. And that's yeah. exactly what these relationships do for us is right. beyond, like I said, beyond a short term anything. So right. I've been asked, people say, well, could I, could a curve bender be a great coach or a mentor or a great right. boss? Could they? Sure. But a lot of times those are very transactional or they're short. Right. 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 I'm in this job or I'm in this season of right. my life. No, I watched her for years. I watched her for years and saw what she did and it changed me. And more importantly, exactly right. It shaped. Yeah. So my defining attribute for curve vendors is number one, they care and mm-hmm. they demonstrate a vested interest mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. Number two is that impact. Right. They, they dramatically, they profoundly Right. Change our lens, change our perspective, change right. our trajectory. Right. And, and they really shape, uh, you know, we often talk about a servant leader. We often talk about an empathetic leader. We often talk mm-hmm. about, you know, mentoring or sponsoring right. or leading other women. We all, right. none of us are born with any of this, right? right? So where does that come from? And I believe those relationships not only shape us, but Laura, here's a, Here's a, probably a, a more interesting question for you and your audience to think about. How do each of us become curve benders in the lives of others? Mm. Because we keep going through the transactional stuff, right? Here's my right. project. Here's my budget. Here's what right. I'm going to get done and all that stuff. By the way, what was that really important project you were working on 10 years ago? Most right. people, Who knows? Everyone, yeah. <laughs> you ask inevitably everybody who was that first manager, maybe early manager that took you under his or her wings mm-hmm. and taught you not just how to execute a waterfall or an agile project, but how to become a better listener? Oh, yeah. How to engage and influence others without authority. Right. How to really embrace those that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that tend to stay with us. So I'm always curious, how can we pay those that kindness that others have shown us, mm-hmm. pay those forward and see the incredible future that some of the people we interact with can't see for themselves and really help shape and guide their journey. Absolutely. And I try and do that as best as I can. Now you mentioned coaching and being transactional and it is. And for me, it's also a life's purpose, right? Like I spend time with my coaching students in my PMO coaching program and there's tears all around sometimes. It's a very emotional experience for all of us involved because I pour my heart into these people and I feel like I'm watching them grow professionally in ways and in teaching them things that can save them so much time and frustration and help them grow into their fullest potential through our work together. And it's very personal for me as trying to, 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 to influence them in a positive way and help them rise on their curved lattice, I guess, <laughs> and, in a very interesting way. And you just described exactly why curve benders do what they do for others. Yeah. They love that front row seat to your personal and professional growth. They exactly. love to see you thrive. They, they see exactly what you said. They see the ingredients Right. They see the best version of you, right. even when you don't see it yourself. 
Right. And, and through that coaching, through that nudging, through yeah. those that tough love sometimes. Sometimes, yes. They, they'll they, tell you they they'll tell you, I will no holes barred. I will tell you when you need to make a shift. And but it's with so much love and support. So absolutely. And, and people who embrace that tough love and they yeah. listen to it, they heed that advice, see it. They see that you have a again, you demonstrate you're demonstrating right. a, a vested interest in their growth. And they want more of it. They want to listen. They want to really embrace your wisdom and ideas and perspectives. And and that's what shapes both their direction, but also ultimate destination. Well, and that's how, for me, I figured out that I didn't know it was called being curve bender, but I found myself for, cause I, I built my first PMO in 1999. Right. And I did that inside organizations for 15 years. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. And so what I found the whole reason I started that whole PMO program and the coaching is that I kept saying to other PMO leaders earlier in their journey, gosh, I really wish I had me when I was you. You know, I really wish I had someone to help me save the time, the headaches and the frustration. And it just, it breaks my heart if I see someone making a mistake that I know I can prevent for them. Right. And so when I see them growing and thriving and the light bulbs going off and the change is happening, it's like, I'm a proud mama. You know, I'm just like, I just can't, I get overwhelmed with emotion and, and pride in seeing them do those kinds of things that I know um, are changing their career trajectory permanently. So I think it's just really cool. And, and you're exactly right. And again, we fills our cup to see yeah. that the wisdom, I keep reminding my kids that A, I didn't paint on the gray hair. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, the they're responsible for that gray hair. Uh, for yes, sure. they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> and by the way, age is a terrible price to pay for wisdom, right? Yeah, so exactly. when we pour that wisdom, in many ways, that professional love into others, yeah, and we see them embrace it and learn from it and grow through it. Mm-hmm. We, 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 likewise, it refills our cup. It, it, right. it rejuvenates us and gives us a reason to come back and do keep doing what you and I do, right? right? Keep coming back to and and try to help as many people as possible. And it, it's truly my favorite part of all the work that I do is being able to contribute to this community in so many meaningful ways. So thank you. Thank you for indulging me on all of that. I think it's super important, both sides. How do you find those curve vendors in your career, build those relationships, the ones that really are going to help you with your career trajectory, and then position you to take all the things you've learned and pour that into others to, to perpetuate this positive cycle of growth. So I love it. Okay. Can we switch gears a little bit and talk about really practical? where we are now in this post-pandemic world and how this concept of curve benders is not just relevant, but it's huge place that we should be focusing now because life's changed. Life's changed for all of us. Our careers have changed. Professions have changed. Industries have changed. So why do you believe that this idea of curve benders is so relevant in our post-pandemic world? So I think you and the audience would agree that one of the things that this pandemic one of many lessons that I think we've learned is how woefully uh, underprepared we were. Yeah, so that's for sure. I, we kind of had seen a pandemic. We knew what yeah. a pandemic was. We just didn't realize the global impact this thing yeah. could have on lives and livelihoods, right? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I begin writing every book with a question. Mm-hmm. And in full disclosure, I'm, I'm 53 and my question was, what will work look like for me in the next decade? Because I, I figured right. I'll, I'll retire when I die. I'll probably <laughs> slow down at some point, but I want to keep working. And like we've been talking, how do I remain relevant? 
So I said, okay, so if this pandemic was a disruption, I wonder what else could disrupt. And you were kind of to mention the intro could disrupt not just the way we work, but as you've seen, the way we live, right? Many of us haven't vacationed in 14, 15 months. And right. we didn't go to theaters and we didn't go to concerts. So the way we play got, got kind of interrupted, if not disrupted. And certainly the way we give to others also got mm-hmm. a challenge. So our research has identified, Laura, 15 forces hmm, that wow. we believe are going to continue to disrupt our lives. And this pandemic, as an example of something called the black swan event, is one of those. Mm, so let wow. me just ask you and your audience, can you imagine the last 14, 15 months if we didn't have internet access? Oh my god. I think we, I think would be even a bigger hole than we are today, right? Yet you think? I mean, I think it would have like destroyed the economies, destroyed right. everything. It would have I don't even, I can't even imagine. I can't even fathom. Okay. I mean, shoot, Netflix alone was how many people made it through. Survived, right? <laughs> it's also the contributor to the COVID 10 pounds, but that's exactly. another story. Exactly. That's another story. Right? So, oh, but so, you even used workouts online, right? right? Like that's how I got my workouts. <laughs> yet with this recent ransomware fiasco. Yeah, I know. The number one disruption concern from a lot of the executives and boards I'm talking to, they're concerned about cyber risk. Oh, yeah. Imagine cyber attacking our grids. Our internet access will mean nothing without electricity, right? And if we can't, you know, I live in Atlanta. We lived through that gas shortage. And believe it or not, for about a week, you couldn't find gasoline. And so, and when people start putting gasoline in plastic bags and put them back of their cars, that becomes frightening, right? Wow. Cyber attacks, God forbid, a natural disaster, God forbid, geopolitics, right? So there's so many forces that can disrupt us. If none of us have a crystal ball and Mm -hmm. none of us can predict what's going to happen, then how do we plan for it? And that's really the gist of the book and the idea on the path, which is how do you become more proactive in remaining relevant in really driving an accelerated learning and growth journey? and reinventing yourself to build that resilience, build that, that preparedness. I, you know, I'm an old Eagle Scout and yeah. emergency preparedness when it was one of my favorite merit badges. And to yeah. this day, I have a crate back of my car and each of our family cars have a crate and we have a crate and some fresh water in our crawl space. And you, I'd rather have it and not need it right. than need it and not have it. And that's right. an example of what I bring in these conversations of in where you go and what you do and what you aspire to do, how do you need to think about that growth? How do you need to prepare today? Wow. Oh my gosh. This is so good. So good. And we're, we will, I promise for impact drivers to be listening, we will talk a little bit about how you can learn the how in David's workshop at the summit, but you mentioned growth and I'd like to pause on that and talk about that a little bit. Can you talk about, cause I've heard you talk about linear and nonlinear growth. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like and what the differences are? Sure. So let me start with an analogy that I think will resonate with your audience. I want you to think of this idea of linear growth as a truck ramp right? As just a 45 degree truck ramp that's just going up. And I want you to think of nonlinear growth as a hockey stick, right? So you can see a much Mm -hmm. steeper kind of journey. Now, an example of linear growth is our undergraduate degrees. You went to undergrad, I went to undergrad, we take classes and we learn and we learn and we learn and we learn. And maybe at some point in the future, we'll get a chance to apply it. I don't know about you, 
it's been a while since I've reviewed differential calculus, right? It just, <laughs> right? I, I lost a lot of hair during that class and it hasn't come back yet and I haven't had a chance to yeah. use that course. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. That's linear growth. In the future of the disruptions I just described, we don't mm-hmm. believe that type of learning and growth will suffice. Okay. So the other option is the hockey stick, what we call nonlinear growth. So what that looks like is I don't need a four-year degree from MIT, mm-hmm. but I'm really intrigued about coding. Mm-hmm. So can I learn what we call micro-learning? Can I learn a, something small, something bite-sized, find an opportunity to immediately apply it, to solve a challenge, solve a problem, and then learn something else? And, and right. if you daisy-chain these micro-learnings together, what happens is you start to accelerate your journey up this path mm-hmm. and you suddenly feel more confident, feel more capable. You're combining the theoretical constructs with practical, pragmatic application and implementation of those ideas, which dramatically and immediately impacts your ability to execute. So you're adapting, you're applying you're learning at a much faster rate, but it's more bite-sized learning, not elongated 45-degree angle truck ramp learning. I had no idea until you just said that, that that's exactly what we do with the PMO Impact Summit. It's small sessions on particular laser-focused topics that really get to the heart of a particular pain point or a growth opportunity. And as you know, David, what we do is in each of those sessions, you're not, it's not just one way. I mean, you're learning something, then there's an action-taking resource to go apply that learning immediately. Because to me, you've only gone halfway if you just learn something. It's applying it that really makes the change happen. And that's what the whole summit is about, I, is these I micro-learning am, opportunities. I am delighted to have codified what you've been doing for oh years. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> now I'm giving you a word for it, micro-learning and non-linear growth. There uh, you- yay, I got to get that on the website. That's so cool. It's funny that... We're talking about this because that's how I've been seeing that, right? Like, I feel like, of course, I have an example of 90-day program that is a step-by-step, a huge program for implementing a PMO, building a PMO, step-by-step-by-step. But if you're talking about, look, I just need to figure out how to train my sponsor, right? I need to figure out how to help build a relationship there. Can we give me something more bite-sized, more just a chunk that I can go do? Absolutely. Okay. I really need to figure out how to make the case for my PMO. So it's not the whole big program, but I got to know how to specifically put the presentation together to make the case. Boom. I got a little course on that. There's that's what all this stuff is, is these micro learning opportunities, because that's where incrementally the the hockey stick happens. Oh my gosh, light bulb. See, every time I talk to you, another light bulb goes off. You're exactly right. And you're seeing that in business models like the Khan Academy. You're seeing that in alternative education and you're seeing it in really forward thinking and forward kind of leading learning and development organizations where they're saying, you know what, we're not going to do a multi-day anything. We want to do a 90 minute, we want to do that 90 minute session once a week, or we want to do that 90 minute session once a month. And we're going to again daisy chain these micro learning opportunities to give people a chance, not just to consume that, but as you said, go apply it because that most people are going to learn by the application and implementation of the idea, not just Laura, here's the way you should hold a golf club. Well, that's great. How do I become a scratch golfer? Get out right. there and swing. Get out there and work Experience. on your grip. Get out there and Application. Work on your backswing. Absolutely. 
Oh, that's so cool. So, so cool. Okay. All right. So, and I promise everyone, we will talk a little bit about the workshop where you're going to get this 90 minute how-to kind of a thing. (laughs) So hang tight. Uh, But before we do, I want to go a little bit more into this curve bender concept. So really hit home. And I know you'll probably talk a little bit more about this in the workshop that you're doing for the summit, but I got people, we've gotten people really excited about this curve bender concept, but how do you know if someone is a curve bender? Like how they might be like, yeah, but what, I mean, I think you just define it pretty well with, it's not in a particular scenario, it's kind of bigger picture, but how do you really know if someone you're working with is, or has the potential to be a curve bender for you? So great, great question. And and you're exactly right. I'm going to give the audience a seven step process in the workshop. potential curve vendors, but let me just summarize it this way. As I said, uh, number one, they, beyond what they say, they demonstrate a vested interest in you. And and I want you to, again, it's a lot easier to kind of embrace the concept. If you have a character, if you have some texture of a character in mind. So think of maybe that early professor who Mm -hmm. lit a fire within you and got you excited about that topic. Right. That then kind of led the rest of your academic journey. Or as we talked about, early boss or executive or mentor or coach who, again, shaped the way you think and the way you show up and the brand that you've built in your personal professional presence over the last decade or two or more, right? Yep. So they demonstrate a vested interest in our success. Laura, they genuinely care. They genuinely care. They authentically care. And they do that through the questions they ask, Mm -hmm. right? So what do you think about that? And how do you feel about that? And and you've seen people who who care and they show that. As I said earlier, they see the best kind of version of us, the best ingredients in us, even when we don't see it ourselves. I love the ingredients. So true. They see see that meal. They see what's possible if we put the right ingredients together. They also know that we may not believe it, but through what they've seen in us, that we can make it through the heat. So we're talking about ingredients in the meal. We can make it through the obstacles. We can make it through those trials. And it really is true. What doesn't kill us does make us stronger. And and we come out out the other side. And whether it's a divorce or it's losing a job or losing a loved one or whatever the case may be, yeah. or, or the hard times we go through in that job, right? We've all yeah. had jobs where I think I'm intelligent. I think I get it, but I'm struggling in this role. And they yeah. see that we're better than that one scenario or that situation. And they really guide us. They become our guardrails. They keep us from becoming permanently stupid because we're temporarily <laughs> upset, right? right. They, right. they really guide us in that journey and, and they really help us think and lead very differently through that. And again, in the book, and I'll talk more about this in the workshop, the arc of any job, any role is about three to five years. Yeah. And again, in the session, I'll talk about this idea of, of personal reinvention. So if you think of an S curve, um, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll actually draw this in the class, we'll work through the stages together. The top of that S, there's a flat spot. Mm-hmm. And that flat spot is your plateau. You've reached three to five years. You've figured out where the coffee is. You know how to do the job. You're pretty much an autopilot. And and let's be honest, you're bored. I know it. You know it. Everybody else knows it. Yeah. So curve benders, if we're proactive in building and nurturing these relationships, at that point, we reach something I call a refraction point. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take you and your audience back to one of the first physics classes you took where you remember shining a light through the glass of water or through that prism, right? right? right. And what it does is it, it bends and it gives you the rainbow. Right, right. What, what's happening is light is accelerating through that intersection and then it gives you options. And that's exactly what curve benders do at that point is they accelerate our struggle through that lull, if you will, that plateau. More importantly, they give us options. They show mm-hmm. us options of if you don't do anything about this, you're going to flatline, right? Unless mm-hmm. somebody jolts some excitement into your job or what or your project or what you're doing, you're not going to get that recalibrated, right? Right. If you do absolutely nothing, you're going to fall off. You're going to decline. And again, you you hit that snooze button way too often in the mornings or you don't, you're not excited about it, or you try to wing it. That's another thing that, oh, yeah. that becomes really dangerous, right? I could do this in my sleep. Let me just... I'll just show up for that meeting. And that's when the two by four with the rusted nail comes your way, right? Exactly. So what curve benders do is they really bolster our learning, our growth into that next S curve, into that next trajectory, into that next opportunity. And it could be a different project. It could be a different job. Laura, mm-hmm. you've seen it. Sometimes a different company, if not an industry. Right, right. But they, sure. they see that we've kind of reached the arc of that role. If we don't see it ourselves, and they really propel us forward to continue to learn and grow in a different capacity. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. And, you know, when I attended a workshop you did on this and I was drawing the S-curves, I saw the jumps. I mapped out my whole career that way. And I was able to pinpoint the people that helped me with that next step. And I've got names of people next to each one of those who are my curve benders that helped me make that next jump. So this community knows I talk about relationships all the time and how important they are. And we know for us to be successful, we have to invest the time in relationships and being very strategic about it and thinking about it through this lens can literally transform your career. I know it can because I've seen it and lived it myself. So this has just been, wow. I love this. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing this. And tell us a little bit more before we wrap up about the workshop and why anybody would be crazy not to attend because we're making it so easy and it's just going to change people's careers for good. So thank you for your kindness. Thank you for having me. I couldn't be more excited, as I said, to to really share. I try to practice what I preach. And uh, again, at the the PMO Impact Summit, the goal is exactly that. Take off the jacket, roll up the sleeves, and dive into three ideas. I'm a content presenter. I'm a content writer. Most people read my books at least once or twice. Just to make sure they kind of soak in the ideas. But Laura, there's three ideas in there that I really want your audience to kind of come join us and immerse themselves into. One is this idea of personal reinvention. It's mm-hmm. exactly the S-curve we've been talking about. You attended one of my previous sessions. You saw right. how I drew it. I'm going to talk about the five unique phases and how to start anticipating that plateau and how to be more proactive about it. The second one is something I call the growth grid. So whenever we're faced with a challenge or opportunity, as I said earlier, we often think about what should I do and how should I do it? Well, I'm going to show you a two by two. I like to keep things simple, two by two matrix with a set of relationship centric steps to go from very concrete direction and abstract context. And you go between these two in four quadrants to really solve some complex challenges and opportunities. But again, you're leveraging what I believe is your biggest asset, which is your relationship. So we'll cover that. And the last part is this idea of what you've been asking the seven steps 
to meeting your curve vendors. Who are they? Where are they? How do I, there's a reason the airline safety videos tell us to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before yes. we help others. I say but, that all the time. Totally. By the way, for your audience, airplanes are these things we used to go sit in and, and would fly from city <laughs> to city, right? Right. So back in the old days, right back in the day, youngins yeah. that don't know about the flying right. airplanes would take us to these different cities. And well, you know, my passport has stamps from my kitchen and my backyard from the last year. Exactly. So you have to be in a healthy spot. You have to be in a great place to attract potential curve vendors. They're busy. They don't have time to waste. They're not, you're not going to get too many chances at bat. So right. what are some of the things actually steps one through four? is doing the best that you can to put yourself in the right position when five becomes the strategic relationships. And we'll talk about the seven steps, but those are the, those are the really practical, pragmatic ideas, just a few out of the book that I plan to bring to the workshop, hands-on, interactive. We're gonna, there's no talking heads. We're gonna, you're gonna be doing. Yes. Push you to do and really embrace these ideas, internalize them and figure out how to apply them in your work. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. And it's a great way for us to, and that's why we're kicking off the week with this session so that it's the first thing we're getting people's minds set right and giving them all the resources throughout the week to go take full advantage of, and really just climb that, that lattice, if you will, <laughs> of their careers. So thank you so much for being here today for all of you that are interested on the page where you will find this podcast session. You will see a place to order the Curve Benders book so that you can just click on that and order that right now because it'll give you a great sneak peek and prepare you even more for diving into that workshop and getting the utmost you can from the workshop. So right on the page for this podcast, you will see the book and how to order it and how to register for the workshop and dive in with David as we, we go make a big impact in our careers. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Tempest Resource. Tempest Resource gives PMOs actionable intelligence, cutting-edge analytics, and real-time scenario analysis, all while minimizing the overhead of managing a resource portfolio. You can learn more and check out their demo at pmostrategies.com forward slash 074. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash zero seven four. Check them out today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, David. Thank you so much for being here. That's it for this session. I'm really looking forward to seeing you at the PMO Impact Summit. Do not miss David's session. It is going to be awesome. It is going to be on September 20th. It's a live hands-on putting ideas into action workshop. So make sure you register now for one of those limited seats. All right, we'll see hear you in the next session. Bye-bye for now.